As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb, and this is the all-new all-ball. All basketball all the time. Um, I will tell you that uh, we have a special guest on this all-ball. Mike Martin is the head coach of Brown, and um, he's a, a bit of a young fella, right? He got the job at 29 years old, and Brown hasn't played basketball this year. He joined me. And it was uh, right after or in between double workout days, but the first day they've been allowed back in the gym since early March last year. Think about that. Kind of been around his team. What has he learned? How has he connected with his players? How did he get this job? You know, why Brown? He was actually offered offered to go to play at Harvard. He chose Brown over them. Amazing. Of course, launched his career, his life, et cetera, et cetera. He'll, he'll join us upcoming. I think you'll really enjoy that. Um. Okay, uh, there's a couple things I want to get to in college basketball that I've I've seen, and I 
I'm fascinated by. Got a chance to see Illinois and uh, Iowa last week in person. And it's it's interesting to me because I love watching uh, Luca Garza play. And I really like watching Kofi Coburn play. Now, Kofi, I got a chance to coach in this Pangos All-American camp. It's not a ton of coaching, but you could be around the kids. And and um, actually, Posh Alexander was my point guard. Kofi was my big guy. They're both having uh, really impactful times in college. But Kofi was just, he was just like a light bulb. He just lit up the room, man. He was such a great kid to be around. What's fascinating is if you went back 25 years ago, both those guys are lottery picks. And Garza has an amazing touch. He knows that whole position. He knows angles. He can score in the post. He can shoot threes. Do a little bit of everything offensively uh, with the basketball. But I I don't know how he plays in the NBA. Uh, meaningful starting minutes because, you know, he's like, He's just like a college kind of Ennis Cantor. He's a bucket, but everybody that goes at him is going to be a bucket too. He just struggles in terms of lateral. But if you think about it, think about all the other parts of his game which have improved. The defense is a little bit better, and it could still continue to improve. I do think he probably needs to drop some weight to become a little bit more agile. And I'm guessing that if you asked him, he would say, yeah, I need that strength and weight to hold position. He's a tremendous low post scorer. Just touch, has all the moves, incredible fluidity, great hands, and they do a really good job of getting him the basketball. They're as good a post-feeding team as you're going to find in college hoop. They're really, really good. Um, And I like when they play two bigs more than when they play their kind of four-out or sometimes five-out sort of look. I do think that they lack the guy who can break you down. Um, But because so many of them can play out of the post, I think, I think Connor McCaffrey can play out of the post some, as well as Garza. I think they can break down defenses in that way. But Iowa, and they just, their problem is stopping people, but they do not have any problem scoring. Illinois, uh, Io DeSumo, you know, he played in, in, he was so efficient in the game that I saw. And you watch him. Now, I don't know how much game he has in terms of creating his own off the dribble. So I don't know if he'll be a star at the next level, but to play for Brad, you got to guard. So he guards and he can, he can clearly he's improved his shooting. He's a tremendous layup maker finisher. I think he'd be, he's going to have a good career. I think uh, playing for Brad Underwood is a, it's a very good mix of what he needed, the discipline he needed defensively. He still needs in his game and, and some of the, some of the way in which they're creating offense for him. But I like the Illinois team. There's no reason to think they can't compete in that second weekend to get to to get to a Final Four. They're 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 good. They're deep. Um, they change paces depending upon who they come out the bench with. Like that's a that's a good team. And Brad has like quietly turned that thing around. Meanwhile, you have the Michigan States of the world, which continue to struggle. Um, you know, I I. I don't know what happens to Michigan State in the future. Obviously, they need better point guard play and better leadership. They did start to hit some shots against Iowa, so maybe some of this stuff turns around. But I saw those two teams, and I was intrigued by both big guys, but it, there was a little little confirmation there in that I don't think either have great NBA Like Kofi Coburn, to me, reminds me of a little bit better version of Jahidi White, who played at Georgetown, did play in the NBA. Just a massive human being massive 
but not really athletically lateral, uh, laterally athletic enough, not really quick enough in terms of a rim runner and, you know, a guy who can roll and run to the rim. I think they both make the league. Garza slightly more impact because he can score, but neither uh, are, are perennial starters. I've also gotten a chance to see a lot of Mountain West basketball, and the, the top four teams are far above, um, far above the, 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 the bottom teams in that, I mean, I think Boise's really, really good. I get a chance to see them in person taking on Nevada. Nevada's a team that I think has, it's, a, it's young, a bunch of potential for the future this year, uh, they're, they've still been successful. Kind of, they're in that that mix of they're not one of the top four, but they are closing and improving fast after sweeping UNLV. They're going back to last weekend, but now they were swept at at Wyoming, showing their their youth. Um, before before we uh, we have Mike Martin join us, one of his former players is one of the two stars for the Wolfpack, Desmond Cambridge Jr. Stud, originally from Nashville, Tennessee. 15 a game, four and a half rebounds, two and a half assists. And then they have Grant Shearfield, who is a sophomore. Uh, he grew up in Kansas, then moved to Fort Worth when he was like sixth grade, was at Sunrise Christian Academy, then was going to go to UCLA, play for Alford. Alford gets fired. He goes to Wichita, starts half the year. Now in his sophomore year, he's playing for Nevada. 18 and a half a game, five and a half assists a game, steal and a half a game, four boards. Shoots 43, 36, and 87. And, I mean, this kid, he's really good. He's he's tremendous. I don't think they have this year the overall uh, older bodies it's going to take to compete. They got Zane Meeks. Um, they also have uh, Warren Washington, who's a transfer from Oregon State, and he barely played his first year, didn't play sitting out. So he's a redshirt sophomore, but just kind of coming into his own, like, they're going to be good. They're going to be really good in the future. Kwame Himes, a kid from Arizona, uh, he kind of splits time at, at the center position as a shot blocker. Can also step out and make some threes with Warren Washington. Um, I, I, you know, Alford. Some people didn't like Alford at UCLA. Obviously, it didn't end. It didn't end crazy well. They didn't get to the Final Four the way that Brad Holland did. Let me see Brad Holland that Ben Howland did. Brad Holland, of course, former UCLA guy, USD. But I, but there's there's something about Alford's ability in the Mountain West to just dominate. And I think we're like a year away from seeing Nevada as the top 25 team. And I don't think any of these guys are pros. Sherfield might be a pro eventually, but it's like not he's building a, a program that has some sustainability. So it's gonna be pretty cool to see exactly what what they can do. Speaking of Desmond Cambridge Jr., he began his career playing for our guest. Our guest is a talented uh, head coach at Brown. Of course, Brown, part of the Ivy League. They have not played a game and will not play a game this season. During his time at Brown, remember, the Ivy League has really cranked up in terms of uh, the level of talent in the league. Uh, You go back to 2018, 2019, he won 20 games for the first time. They got to the CBI quarterfinals. Last year, they were 8-6 and in conference play before, of course, it was shut down due to COVID concerns. And they they have not obviously played. He only had really one tough year, his fourth year there. But as a former Brown player, he got the job at 29 years old. How did he get it? What's he learned? How would he change? All these different things. Let's welcome him in. He's head coach of the Brown Bears, Mike Martin. 
Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So uh, you grew up in where, Massachusetts? Like, how do I, how do I pronounce it? Agawam. But say it, say it, when you were growing up in Agawam, how would you say it? Agawam. I'm, I don't have the Boston accent. I know, but everybody, does everybody, everybody else have the Agawam, the Boston accent? No, nah, not, not in the Western part of the state. Really? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It's interesting. I think people having spent a bunch of time in the Northeast, I don't know if people understand, like, there's a perception of like Boston, like, well, everybody in Boston is, you know, like. Um, it's a, like, you know, the, the, all the incredible colleges there and it's very sophisticated. Like you go to Western mass and you, the percentage of rednecks there is just as high as it is in any other rural part of the country. Is that, is that a fair, fair parallel? So uh, the people, the folks in Boston, and Eastern mass would say there's nothing West of 495, 495 is like an interstate 20 miles West of Boston. So like for me, yeah, I'm out in the middle of nowhere. If you're from Boston, uh, they probably don't even know what Aguam is other than, you know, we border Springfield, which is where the Hall of Fame is, and right. we have a Six Flags. Uh, so I think that's fair. Yeah, yes. No, Six Flags is, is, is big, but it's definitely – it definitely kind of gets your redneck on. Like, I, I've always been to that, uh, like, Kenny Chesney concert at Fox in Foxborough, and, like, you go around, you're like, dude, there are a lot of rednecks here. <laughs> you're like, yeah, it's – like, Massachusetts is not all Boston. Anyway um, – Growing up, what was how did you fall in love with basketball? Yeah, my father was a high school coach for 20 plus years. And, you know, when I was uh, young, he had had some great teams at Commerce High School before I was born in Springfield, Mass. He sent uh, Mark Hall to Minnesota. Uh, he, you know, Nate Blunt coach. played at Temple. Coach. He had some great players at Commerce. Um, and then he coach. took the job at Aguam High School, which is where I grew up. Um, and you know, I grew up going to his practices, going to his games. I was the ball boy. I loved it. I rode the bus and, and that's how I fell in love with the, with the sport. And, uh, you know, just fortunate, uh, that, uh, you know, my father was a coach much like yours. How'd you fall in love with basketball? So my father was a longtime high school coach, 20 plus years. He had some great players at Commerce High School in Springfield, Mass. Mark Hall, who played at, uh, Minnesota with Kevin McHale, Nate Blunt, who went down to Temple in Philly. Uh, but then, you know, what I remember is when he was the coach at Aguam High School, which is the suburb and right outside Springfield. And, uh, you know, just grew up uh, as a ball boy, three, four years old, going every practice, riding the bus, going every game. And uh, fortunate that my father was a uh, coach and fell in love with the sport through that. Uh, probably very similar to you, you know, growing up the son of a coach. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because, uh, you know, my, my dad was when – he was a head coach until I was six and then he was an assistant coach at Long Beach state until I was nine or 10. And then he was an assistant coach at Oregon state for a year, but he went up there and we stayed in Southern California. And then he was, you know, he kind of bounced around doing stuff and started as an AAU coach. So I didn't have necessarily like a high school team um, to, to, to like be, to be drawn to, like it it became my brother's teams my brother's high school team. I was a ball boy for when your when your dad was a coach, every, I found every coach's kid has a guy who, when they grew up, they idolized, like that was their guy. Uh, who was your guy? Who was the guy who was like, that's who I want to be. 
Yeah, so his best player at Aguam was a guy by the name of Jeff Peterson, who won, uh, you know, the Lahovich Award, which is like the top player in uh, Hamden County, Western Massachusetts, Berkshire, and uh, Hampshire counties as well. But uh, he brought uh, my father's team to the district finals, uh, they where they lost to a, a good Chicopee comp team. But uh, that was probably I was six, seven years old, and like I wanted to be Jeff Peterson. Yeah. Um, what was your dad like as a coach? Yeah, intense. Uh, you know, um, he, he was a he, he played uh, football, baseball, basketball in high school. He ended up playing basketball in college at North Adams State because he uh, he blew out his knee. So he couldn't play football. But uh, very, you know, we're going to play hard. Uh, we're going to outwork you. Uh, we're going to defend you. Uh, intense. Uh, you know, he, he demanded a lot of his players and, um, you know, coached them hard. Yeah, it's, it's interesting um, that now of his style, what of his style is how you coach? What of his style is the opposite of how you coach? So we're going to coach you hard. We're going to demand an awful lot. Uh, we're going to care about you. We're going to love you off the court, just like my father did with all his players. Um, you know, I think I, I was really influenced from Glenn Miller, who's my college coach at Brown. He recruited me to Brown. He got me into the the profession of coaching uh, and, uh, you know, I think I picked up a lot of, you know, Coach Miller's uh, attention to, you know, detail, how to run offense, how to, you know, prepare a team. Um, so I, I think I would I'm, I would say I'm a blend of both. Um, it's interesting, right? Because that generation, like my dad, I, I, I never forget, we ran like little Ralph Miller 1-4 high, right? Maybe a little high ball screen, but like the, the old school, like just put the big guy at the top of the key, right? Um you know, and dribble in space off of it. And like, that was kind of it. Like my son, my son asked me like, dad, what was, what was grandpa's practice like? I was like, well, you know, did fundamentals, you know, ton of passing every day and then did transition stuff and then press break, you know, cause like for AAU, everything's press break. And then just a little half court offensive stuff. He's like, wow, you run a lot of plays and sets. And I was like, well, I, I feel like basketball is a lot more technical now. Like, it's just coached, like you said, coached differently. Right? You know, I played for Brady Sutton, and he never drove a play. Like, not one time. I Never. Not a single time. Now, Sean, his son, would drop the plays, and he would, some, you know, he'd grab it and show somebody specific in terms of spacing. But he never, like, hey, we need a bucket. Like, let's run this at the end of a game. And it was just amazing. When I coached. I, I situational coaching to me is really important. You know, I tried like we had inbounds plays that were, that were good. And we scored on, we frankly scored on them because I was passing the ball. Um, but, but I spend like, that's an easy place to not just show off, but to steal points. Right. And I, I think that is important. Whereas it does feel like there's that, that old school of coaches was just like, how can we get you to play hard? How can we get you to play unselfish? And then can you play a little bit harder? and a little bit more unselfish. And then, and then like, they also would kind of adjust to the, which, which kids could they MF and which kids that had needed a pat on the back. Other than that, there wasn't a lot, a lot of magic to it. Right. I, I, am I, am I crazy to think that's a little bit of the old school mental mentality of coaching? I think it's so true. And I think the best coaches now have a, a great blend of, of, of both Doug. Right. I mean, that's, that's fascinating to hear about coach Sutton never drawing up a play and, um, obviously, you know, who had more success than him? Har hardly anyone, right? He recruited really good players. He coached you. He loved you. And he demanded an awful lot. And, uh, you know, you think about him and his, uh, his career and it's, it's, it was so incredibly successful, but, uh, yeah, I think like, we're like old school 
fundamentals, values, play hard, play unselfishly, share the ball uh, with, you know, some new school, new age, uh, you know, uh, spacing on offense, defensive concepts. Uh, I think that, that, you know, gosh, I'd love to uh, hopefully one day be a great blend of both. Yeah, that's it's a I, I think the best are. I think I think the absolute the best are. Um, what why did you pick Brown? Like you're growing up Western Mass. Because back then the Ivy League was Penn and Princeton, and that's it. Like those yeah. are the two. Everybody else, you're playing for third. And they didn't I, recruit me. So the current Penn coach right now, Steve Dunhue, who's on staff, and Coach Dunphy, obviously, they had incredible teams. I joke with Steve, you know, we're good friends now. Uh, they didn't think I was good enough, and, and, and they're right. They won a lot of Ivy championships. Uh, I was recruited by Brown and Harvard, you know, quite a few Patriot League schools. Um, you know, so you turned down Harvard? I did. I the did. Fuck? Frank Sullivan. So Frank Sullivan uh, was a coach at Harvard before Tommy Amaker. Uh, great guy. Good. Coach. Unbelievable guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I clicked with Coach Miller and his staff. Call me crazy. I love the state of Rhode Island. My I had family in Rhode Island. Uh, you know, he, here's the deal. My father was a coach and a teacher. My, you know, became an AD. My mother was a longtime middle school teacher. Um, academics were always important. It was like, all right, I got Brown and Harvard, the Ivy League. It's really good. You know, you, you can't do better than the Ivy League from an educational academic standpoint. I want to go where I'm going to be happiest, where I felt like I'd fit in better. And I just, you know what? It was a gut decision. Uh, Coach Sullivan was shocked when I told him I'm choosing Brown. He had me on the phone and he was so gracious about it. But he's like, really? Like you're Western Massachusetts coming to Harvard? That's not. And, and, and they did a good job recruiting me. I just. Maybe I was naive. Uh, I, I don't regret it for a minute. It was the best decision for me. I met my wife here, uh, unbelievable teammates who are lifelong friends. And um, I'm probably not the coach at Brown if I didn't play here. No question. No question. And it's it's always interesting on how I don't know if high school kids understand how big a decision that is and how it's a – do you remember as a kid, choose your own adventure books? No. Okay. There's like a lot about dragons and – I, I hated to read, and I remember like in fourth grade or fifth grade or something, they took me to a reading specialist, and they turned me on to these choose-your-own-adventure books. And it was basically you get to the end of a page, and you had to make one of three decisions, and the book would be turned to page 10 if you want this, and page 15 you want this, and you, right? And it would the, the book would change based upon what decision you made. And that's kind of how life is, especially picking a college, right? It's where your best friends, probably your spouse, when you need a job, those are the people, the alums that you're going to count on. Wherever that is, that's where you're probably going to live. You know, Brown's a fascinating place because it's in the Ivy League, but I guarantee it's like the, it's the probably the least known, right? It's it it really is. It's that, I mean, and I'm not I'm not in any way trying to be disrespectful. Like I, but like you say, like what are the Ivy League schools? Like oh, Princeton, Harvard, Yale. You know, like Princeton, Harvard, Yale, and then, oh, yeah, Penn's in the Ivy League. Then who else? You know, yeah. Cor Cor Cornell, I know, is beautiful. They got the bridge. They got some other issues there. Okay. They got Dartmouth, which is like the big party school out in the middle of nowhere. Right. And they're like, who am I forgetting? Who am I forgetting? Who am I forgetting? Forgetting Brown. Um, you're, so you show up at Brown. You're a freshman. What's Brown like as a university? Yeah, uh, it's it's an awesome place. I mean, we always every year, Doug, we always are, are, you know, either one or two or three in these all these surveys of who has the happiest students, who are the happiest college students. A lot of it's because we have an open curriculum. There's no required courses at Brown. You what? get 
there are zero core classes, zero requirements. So like my thing to recruits is this, you never be in a class. You don't want to be in at Brown. Uh, no one's going to tell you, you have to take this class to fill, fulfill a requirement. Uh, it's, it's an awesome place. Uh, unbelievable faculty. Um, and really focused on the undergraduate experience. We have a few, med, uh, you know, we have a big medical school. We have a few graduate programs, but much more focused on undergrad. Uh, when I was a freshman, my eyes were literally uh, opened. I had no, I didn't know what Wall Street was. I didn't know what Goldman Sachs was. I didn't know any of those things. And now the guys and gr uh, girls I'm going to school with are getting these jobs, these internships, and all these amazing opportunities. But uh, I was focused on playing hoops. Uh, Coach Miller, I was part of his first recruiting class. He took over a program that didn't have a ton of success. Uh, I had a chance to play early. I started as a freshman and, you know, I had great teammates. Earl Hunt's our all-time leading scorer. He was a year ahead of me. Uh, he's now a partner at Goldman Sachs, a trustee of the university. Um, you know, just went to school with unbe unbelievable uh, people, uh, with my closest friends to this day. And, um, you know, we, uh, we had some success. We had four straight winning seasons, the first time that ever happened in, in school history. Uh, we went to the NIT my junior year. We went 12 and two. Fran Dunphy's team at Penn went 14 and 0. We lost a, two close games to them. The second they had, they had, was that when they had when they had Jerome. No, so Jerome's a little bit older than me. They had Yugano Nickway, Coach Go Archibong, yeah. Andy Toole, the head coach at Robert Morris. They were they were really good. Um, yep. They won the Andy Toole really was right a here. good player and a good he's a good coach. And then I think that team lost to Oklahoma State. They did in the NCAA they tournament did. in 03. Exactly right in Boston. So. That team at Penn won the Big Five. They were 4-0 in the Philadelphia Big Five. They went 14-0 in our league. We lost to them by three in a game here at Brown. Chris Berman came in and introduced the starting lineups from the balcony. He had a place electric. And I still say uh, we were 10-1. and They were 11-0 uh, or whatever it was. They had zero losses. We had one going into the game. I tore my ACL the week before. Uh, and I still say if I had played, we would have at least tied for the title 13-1 for a one-game playoff. And, I'll argue that with anybody, uh, but unfortunately can't go back and untear my ACL. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! 
and even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. What, for somebody who experienced it at its peak, what was the Palestra like to play in as a visiting player? Tell you, I went there my first game ever as a uh, not my first game, but my first time ever being in the Plestro was my freshman year. Again, they didn't recruit me, so uh, I went there, played them, and we had just lost a tight one to Princeton uh, the Friday night, and we came out there and played them, and it, I fell in love with it. It's an awesome place. I was fortunate; I coached there for six years. Um, my junior year, we went down there, and we were undefeated in the league. They were undefeated in the league. The place was sold out. It was a what, yes. what was on, what was on the rollout sign. That's the big question. What was on the rollout sign when you guys came down there? All I remember is I had like a little goatee and they were killing me for my goatee. And the, I mean, the <laughs> students were all over me. I don't remember the rollout, but I remember them being all over me for my goatee. And uh, I, I don't think I've ever grown facial hair since because of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, have we lost some of that? It feels like, like, look, you and I, we, we love the sport and we love the college sport. and. I have my own thoughts on on the negative influences of that sport, of, of the sport. But I do feel like, and I, I hate being that guy. Like back in my day, but and maybe even previous to me. But in that area, like it was better. The fan interaction was better because the games weren't all on TV. I would say is part of it. Um, the transferring, I think, really hurts it because you don't know, like, hey, who. Where I have I have no emotional investment in uh, in a lot of these players, um, and I I think the not just the transfer but guys so many have have come and gone to the NBA or to what they think is greener pastures, but even for the Ivy League, which um, the talent I believe is better now or over the last ten years. I mean Harvard changing what they changed in order to and Tommy getting in there and recruiting a higher level has raised everybody. Like you've had, you had Desmond Cambridge, like that's a big time. That kid can play. Princeton's had kids that can play, you know, like it's the whole level of the league is great, but I don't feel like there's the same passion at a Penn, at a Princeton um, that there used to be. And of course that's the trickle down from the, it's not the same at the big boys. Am, am I wrong? You experienced it. Obviously this year I want to get into but do you feel like the 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 fandom, the 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 home court environments has has changed for the worse over the past five years or so? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'd I'd have to give it more thought. I mean, everyone has so many other options to do with their, you know, with their time now. I mean, like it's when we played in the late nineties, early two thousands, there was no not as many options for college students. So like I think there's still a big game on a college campus. I still don't think there's anything like it, but the consistency of uh sellout crowds and passion. Um you know, in our league, um, yeah, it's probably a little different. I, I'm, I can't say you're wrong for sure. But like, 
you know, we've had, you know, we've had some great crowds here. We've averaged more people the last couple of years because we've been good than ever before. So, um, you know, we've got to make it an event. Like I think as a coach at a college program, if you want, like you got to make it an event on your campus and you have to get everyone involved. And we say all the time, when we win our next Ivy title and we only have one in our program history and that was 1986, but when we do it, it's going to be everyone. It's going to be the community. It's going to be the students. It's going to be the president, the AD, the donors, the fans, everyone. Cause that's what it's going to take. And we want everyone to kind of be, feel that ownership and sense that uh, Doug. So like, Come on, it's an event. We're going to, you know, we've got Yale. They, they won the league last year, and we, we've done a, a fairly good job of creating some momentum and some, some excitement here at Brown. Um, but I, I, I can't tell you. I can't say you're wrong. Um, you, so you get done playing, and now you're like, okay, now what do I do, right? Obviously, you have a Brown degree. Um, you got a, a scar in your knee to, to show for your time there. Become a very good starting point guard. You went and played in Ireland for a year, right? I did. What was that experience? What was that experience like? So I was a two guard. I wasn't. I didn't handle it well enough uh, to to play point. But uh, yeah, so I I interviewed. You know, I did like you know my my best. Like just told you, my one of my best friends and uh, former teammates is now a partner at Goldman Sachs. You know, I see him and all these other uh, folks getting these great internships, these great jobs. Uh, so I interviewed and I accepted a job with a, a boutique uh, investment bank called Adams Harkness and Hill. I was going to go work for them in Boston. I got the job offer in like November, December of my senior year, which I was, you know, really excited about. And then the season ended. We had another good year, my senior year, not quite as good as my junior year when we were 12 and two, but we finished 10 and four in the league, second place. And I'm like, I, you know, I, I know I'm not going to make a lot of money playing, but I got to keep playing. I, I just, I, I wanted to keep playing. I did it, had a great experience and, um, you know, turned down the job in investment banking I never forget calling the firm. It was a couple of Brown, former Brown football players who, you know, were partners at the firm and helped me get the opportunity. And uh, I thanked them, but told them I had to pursue this. And and uh, then I came back and Coach Miller off, offered me a job to be an assistant coach at Brown, volunteer assistant coach. Uh, but I was going to be an assistant coach. I was going to be on the court. I was going to be on the road recruiting. I was 22 years old, about to turn 23. And I didn't need to make any money. And it was the best, you know, you know so many people start as GAs or administrative ops. I started as an assistant coach at the Division One level, recruiting nationally, and uh, it, it got me a great start into the coaching profession. Where'd you live, making no money? I lived in a little apartment on the east side of Providence, uh, like on the third floor of a, a, a donor, an, an alumni uh, house. He let me live up there, but my my girlfriend at the time was in Boston, so I probably she's now my wife. Uh, I probably spent more time up there than I did down in Providence. Uh, Providence is a really cool and kind of unique, underrated city for somebody who hasn't been like you come to town, go here to eat. Where's the place? Gosh, there's so many. Uh, I know I would, I would tell you Siena, you have to go to federal Hill. Federal Hill is like, you know, little, little Italy. Um, but like you can get it all seafood, Italian, um, you get a great steak downtown. I'd go to Siena on federal Hill. Um, there's there's so many good options. The the city of Providence it's big enough that you know you can have a, you know great food, great uh, theater, great um, you know places to go out and and shop and have fun. But like every almost every town in the state, and you know, you can get within them. With you can get anywhere in the state within an hour. There's no two points in our state that are more than one hour away. But there's so many unbelievable beach communities here too, Doug. And in summertime, Newport, Narragansett, Westerly. 
uh, it's an awesome place to live and it's a really under underrated part of our country. Um, okay. So, uh, how'd you get the job? Well, uh, our, our AD Jack Hayes, who uh, has actually just, uh, you know, left to pursue, uh, uh, other professional opportunities. Uh, he, he was just hired. He was the AD at Hofstra before, uh, coming to Brown. 2012, I coached a guy you know well, Zach Rosen, who was an awesome point guard at Penn, and he was Big Five and Ivy League Player of the Year, and he he helped us uh, have a great season. He led us to a great season. Jerome Allen was our head coach at Penn, and Dan Leibovitz was on the staff. We had we had a great staff. It's an unbelievable staff, right? Yeah. I mean, great Dan st- becomes a head Dan becomes a head coach. I mean, Jerome is a legend in the league, and you become a head coach off that staff. And we know uh, anybody knows Zach. Uh, anybody knows Zach knows he had an incredible career. Um, okay, so go ahead. I'm sorry, interrupt. No, no. And prior to that, John Gallagher, who's the head coach at Hartford, was, was Harvard. Yeah, yeah. That's so crazy. Um, and uh, so, anyways, two uh, head coaches of Hartford on one staff. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, so they were never on the staff at the same time. So, I understand, but it's just, but, it is interesting, but, right? That Hartford hired two guys essentially have the same staff, one to replace the other. When when Dan when when Dan decided I've had enough, it was amazing. <laughs> And, and the funny thing is, so Steve Dunahue, after the Sweet 16 at Cornell, got the Boston College job. John Gallagher was going to leave Penn to become an assistant at Boston College. When John left Penn, then Dan was interested in coming back to Philadelphia and, you know, helping Jerome and our staff. And that opened the, the vacancy at Hartford. But, yeah, small world, crazy, uh, crazy story. Um, the job was open. I was 29 years old. We had had success, like I said, uh, at Penn uh, the last couple of years. And. Uh, you know, I was an alum. I knew pretty much, you know, I had a little bit of a relationship with Jack Hayes, not much. He had just come from Hofstra, but we knew a lot of mutual people. And, uh, you know, we, uh, there was a lot of people involved that I think, you know, Jack listened to that knew me and, you know, knew the type of uh, person I was, uh, you know, my acumen as a coach and uh, hopefully ability to lead. And here we are eight and a half years later. Okay. So eight and a half years ago, I like Taking over an Ivy League is not like taking over anywhere else, right? It's not just your own mind. Like, you can't go like, All right, I'm going to get rid of these fucking dudes, and I'm going to get some new dudes, and we're going to get some JUCOs and some transfers, and let's roll, right? You kind of, this is what you got, and then you got to go recruit. And, you know, you go back eight and a half years ago, um, you know, the, the landscape of the league was dramatically different. Um, okay, so what do you remember about your first year in terms of, Okay, now you're setting your own practice plans. You're setting your own recruiting. Um, you're telling your you, you have to hire a staff, but but the the budget you have, you have budget constraints. You also have to be realistic, all not not just with grades for the Ivy League, but there are kids in the Ivy League who is they're not going to consider Brown, right? They're just not. So there's the it's not an easy job when you first take it over, and you have your current players that are there before that you're not running off. Like you don't run off dudes in the Ivy League, right? What's that first year like? Yeah. So I was hired June 1st. So like you can't even get recruits in late because admissions timelines and even transfers couldn't come because the admissions uh, transfer admission deadline had passed. So it was like, I was hired. My press conference was June one and the, the guys that were left, that that was my team. And, And I was so fortunate. I inherited great kids. Uh, good talent, um, just not a ton of depth. We had 10 guys on our roster the first year, um, you know, just through, through you know, a, a couple different reasons. We had 10 guys on the roster once we started getting going. And um, we, 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 I thought we had a good year. We beat Providence College at home. We went seven and seven in the Ivy League. We finished in fourth. We beat Princeton 
uh, at the end of the season, if Princeton had won, they would have tied with Harvard for the Ivy title and we ended up beating them. So, you know, Harvard won it outright. Uh, those guys, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I, you know, thought I knew everything like all assistants do. And, you know, what I asked those guys to do, they did it. They did it with unbelievable passion and spirit and they did it with great uh, chemistry. And, uh, you know, we, we, they, they made me look like I knew what I was doing and uh, you know, recruiting. So, Good. So offensively. Okay. Every assistant who sits there is like, man, I get my shot. Like we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to do you know, We're going to play. Everybody wants to play fast. Right. Whoever sits next, no matter who, and I guess I'm guessing whoever sat on the little Marymount's bench, you know, was thinking we're going to play even faster. Like everybody wants to play fast. Then you get in charge. You're like, Holy shit. If we play fast. We might just get, just get run out of this gym. And again, you had you had played and you had played a certain style. Uh, you'd been assistant, which is a little bit different style with with Jerome specifically, obviously. And then you'd grown up with your dad, who had his specific style. How did you your first year? What'd you run? Did you say, "Hey, let's run the same shit you guys been running"? Did you put in your own stuff? What'd you do? Yeah, no, I I I, I put uh, I put in my stuff. Uh, we did play. We played slow though, because we had ten guys and. Right. I was like, we got to, we, if we're going to win, which we want to win, we don't, you know, we, we want to build good habits and we want to start winning right away. Uh, I thought we had to play low possession games, like no matter who we were playing against. And I think we were one of the slowest tempo teams in the country that year. And uh, we defended you really well, you know, man to man. We, we, we were very good defensively and we were good enough offensively. We had a couple of really good guards, a first team, all Ivy guard, and then a second team, all Ivy two guard. And, you know, we, we just ran a, you know, a lot of sets uh, that flowed into like a four out one in motion and guys shared it. Um, you know, we played through the low post uh, quite a bit and, uh, you know, but we played slow. It was like the opposite of what every new coach says. And I probably said it in my press conference, we're going to play fast. I'm sure, I'm sure when you're recruiting, like we want to play fast. I, I didn't forget. <laughs> Kevin so Kevin O'Neill was at Tennessee, right? And, and Lawrence Frank was his assistant. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever got recruited by those guys, but they used to just carpet bomb you with, with with. And so I'm sitting out after playing at Notre Dame, and one of my frustrations in playing for Coach McLeod was we didn't have an organized secondary break. We just didn't, wasn't which most people don't have now. They just run you know transition drag screens, whatever. But even that we didn't really do. And you know, like I was much better in the open court than I was in the half court. And uh, so I was committed to whoever I. Wherever I go, like I got to, we got to be able to play faster because I just, I'm not that good in half court. I'll never forget they were sending me like every day, like we want you and we're going to do this. And we got Vincent, you know, we got Yarborough, and we got these guys. And I turn, and it was like his first year maybe at Tennessee. And I turn on the TV and they're playing Kentucky. And they had like 11 points at the half, right? And they're just holding the ball and playing slow. Now, the, the all he had to say in reality was like, "Hey, these guys aren't very good. I need good players to play fast. You know, we got to shorten this thing." But it was it was in the sale that was I was just I was blown away. Like every, it was one of the. It's like um, in football, you have this as a broadcast. Every defensive coordinator that's ever been hired at the press conference says, "We're going to be aggressive. We're going to we're going to blitz more." Right? If that was the case, by 2021, people be blitzing every down. Right? right. It was just. Right. 11 guys in the line of scrimmage. It's not the reality of it, but that's what people want to hear. What did you learn? What did you, what did you learn? Like you really smart coaches learn from things, learn from personal experience. What do you remember learning from your first year? Well, I, so I probably learned it more so the last, uh, you know, over the next, the course of the next few years, it's just how, how fortunate I was like to inherit the group that I had. And I made so many mistakes, um, you know, 
as a young coach, um, I, you know, I think I learned, you know, I've, I've definitely learned over the last eight years who's right for us and the right type of kids that are going to thrive under the way we want to play. Um, OKGs, so, right? Our kind of guys. Exactly right. Say it again. Our, 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 OKGs. OKGs. I like that. I'm going to use that. Um, our kind of guys. But, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I think we, you know, we've we've definitely evolved and we figured out, you know, how we want to, you know, how we want to you know, what our values are, you know, what we want to, you know, you, you can't stand for everything. Like early on, I thought we were going to do, you know, all these different things offensively and defensively, Doug. And, you know, you get to maybe one third of it, you know what I mean? Like you, you have a great plan going in and you probably can only put in one third of the things you, you expect to put in. So uh, learn that I want to be really good at a few things that really matter. And, you know, the other thing, like? yeah, we're going to play, play hard. Like, I, like we're going to compete and we want guys who are willing to battle through some adversity. Uh, we want to, uh, you know, be very good defensively. Our last couple of years, uh, we've been uh, either one or two in the Ivy League in defensive efficiency. And, you know, that that's kind of been through through experience. Like we've learned through having some bad defensive teams here at Brown. We've learned through having some guys that maybe uh, as hard as they worked, weren't ever going to be the best defenders for us. So uh, we're going to play hard. We're going to share the ball. We're going to defend. And, you know, I want I want to coach guys who are willing to battle through, uh, you know, it's not you, you know how it is in, in, you know, in our league or the big 12 or the Pac 12, whatever league you play in, you're going to face some tough moments and, you know, you get to have a certain type of uh, values and standards that if you're going to pull through. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with the new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com Toyota let's go places I, I, I want to ask you more off off recording but I do think like the Desmond Cambridge story is the perfect embodiment of the battle at your level of basketball like you found a kid super talented good grades you play him right away he averages what 18 a game for you as a sophomore as an all Ivy League kid and then he leaves and transfers I guess up a level uh, if you will, what's that like to experience? Like it, it's the, wait, I found you, fostered your growth, built the thing around you. Things were going good. And now you're gone. I, I like everybody has, you have the ability and he's, you know, you have the ability to do so, but what is that like from your perspective? Yeah. So we, how about this? So we found out about Des, uh, he was from Nashville, Tennessee. And there's a guy who played not for my father, but against my father from Springfield, Mass who called my father and said, hey, are you in a relation to the coach at Brown, Mike Martin at Brown? And so anyways, long story short, they send the video. You know, my father says, I'm sure the kid's not any good, but, you know, the guy wants me to send a video. I said, send it. We looked at it and we're like, uh, yeah, he's really good. And so we recruited him. Uh, we're so fortunate uh, that, that we got him. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm grateful. Like Desmond was a, a very good player's rookie of the year in our league. He was an all-Ivy player. He helped us win 20 games. That was the first time in 2018-19 that Brown had ever won 20 games in a season, Doug. I think we were the last Division One program to ever win 20 games. So he helped us, uh, you know, create some of the momentum we still feel really good about. He made a decision that he felt was best for him, and we support him. And, you know, I've been watching him and following him, and he's playing great for Nevada right now. Uh, but he, he was part of the – you know, like the last two years, we've won more games than, than has ever been won in, in school history, 35 games. Uh, Des was a huge part of that. And you know what? He also helped with us getting other recruits because they saw him and how good he was. And I was like, I want to go play at Brown, too, because if that guy thinks Brown's the right place, then I can do that. So, um, you know, like I thought this year, if we played, would have been the best team I've ever coached. Uh, and Desmond was a huge part of building that. Um, OK, last thing. So you didn't have, you finally have an Ivy League tournament, only that got canceled last year, right? And now you haven't had a season. And at the time of this recording, you just got your first chance to work guys out. First chance all year since last March, okay? I, I know you, you got to go. You got other things. I respect that. It's great to be back at the gym. First question, what have you been doing? Man. Uh, I've spent a ton of time with my family, my wife, Kristen, my, I have three daughters, Kira's nine, Avery's eight, Tegan's six, uh, you know, been coaching them in the street, you know, uh, when the weather's good, I've uh, been doing drop off and pick up every day at school. 
uh, it's just trying to stay connected to our players. You know, I think that's your biggest role as a coach, you know, and the hardest thing is when you're not in the gym with them every day, you can't take them to lunch. You can't, you know, just go, you know, hang out with them in the locker room. That's the hardest thing. So try to stay connected with them however we can with the technology we have now. I've been watching more basketball than ever before, you know, NBA, college, some European uh, things. And, you know, like I joked with some donors on a call the other night. I was like, I'm, we're going to be the most overcoached team in the history of basketball next year because I have all these right. great ideas. Obviously, we got to figure out what's good for us and what fits our personnel. Um, but that's some of it. And, but today, like you said, uh, February 4th, it's the best. I mean, just to be able to drive in this morning, we had an 8 a.m. workout. We were in there all morning. We're getting ready to go back out there. Uh, it, it, it's, it was just such a great feeling. And, you know, I'll never take for granted again, you know, just being in the gym, hearing the sneaker squeak, hearing the ball bounce, because uh, like you said, we weren't in there since March 7th. That's, that's amazing. Okay. Uh, I know you got to go, but I, I got one more for you. Give me something you learned. You're watching a ton of ball, something that like, because so much, T Tom Brennan is a dear friend of mine, right? And TB was, of course, 18 years head coach of Vermont. And I'll never forget when he was working with us at ESPN, you know, he would pull you aside and go, my boy, when you're coaching a team, you don't fucking worry about any of these other teams. You worry about your team and maybe even your league. It's like, I don't, I don't know shit about it. He's like, you got to help me out. Like, you want to talk about ball, about what it's like? Like, I can – but I – you know, I'm solely focused on my guys. So now you're focused on your guys but also these other things, and it's just kind of an eye-opening experience, right? What's one thing that, that you learn that you really want to try and implement that you like? It can be style of play. It can be anything. Like I, I, I'm, that's one of the things that we do is we process things and try and implement them and the things we do, like me even talking to you, I'm, I know what I want to do with my kids when I got to pra practice tonight. W one thing that you're going to try and implement that you've learned. So as in a quick aside, you know who our associate head coach is, right? At Brown? Yes, of course. TJ. TJ Sorensen, yeah, Coach Brennan and T. I mean, uh, so Coach Brennan is a dear friend of mine as well. Uh, TJ and I actually played on the same AAU team, and Vermont was a school that recruited me. I took a visit there, but I chose Brown. Anyways, uh, you know what? The biggest thing I've learned is, um, but, but by the way, by the way, in best human beings on on the planet, they don't come right? better. I, than, no, no, no. Yeah. I, I got. I know you got to go, and I, I want yeah. this. I want this answer. But this is my. This is my first TV story. So, I, so I hadn't. I, I hadn't covered him before, and they had the year before they lost to BU in the conference tournament championship at BU. So Dave Revson and I are covering. It's like the first college basketball televised game, or whatever. Uh, and Rath is coming off like a broken wrist or something. We didn't know if he was going to play, and we roll into we roll into Bur Burlington and like the day before their biggest game ever on ESPN, he canceled practice. Canceled practice. No practice. We get there, we're like, where's practice? Like, TB canceled it. So the next day, we show up at the game, and he's like, where were you? And I go, what do you mean? It's like, I was down. I don't know what the restaurant is in town that he always – Yeah. He was just yeah. – we were like, well, you didn't invite us. Who invited you? Everybody knows I'm down there. Like, just ask anybody. That's where I am. Right? Um, there wasn't a, there wasn't a bill that he didn't pick up. There wasn't a time in which he had a bad day. Like of the top 10 human beings I've come into contact with in my life, 
Tom Brennan is absolutely on that list. We could talk about him forever. He used to have his radio show every morning, and it, it was like the highest-rated radio show in Vermont. And he would call – TJ would tell stories. He'd call the guys at like 6 in the morning in their dorm rooms and wake them up and, you know, get them on, get them on the show. But, uh, yeah, awesome, awesome guy. Um, but, anyways, I would tell you this. I already hinted at it. The biggest thing I've learned is, like, we're not going to – I'm never going to – like, I'm never going to take for granted – the opportunity to be with my guys, like in, in be in the gym and, uh, you know, support them. However I can, obviously we've seen so many awful things happen in the last 11 months since we were on the court. Right. And how can we support, uh, these guys, um, as, as their coaches, technically, uh, I would tell you, I've watched a lot of the spacing around European, uh, you know, especially in Spain, uh, some of the spacing they use in ball screens. And, uh, there's a guy, Mancho, uh, Fernandez who coaches Obradorio and, he runs like a four corner pick and roll offense. And, you know, we're, we're trying to look at that a little bit, maybe add, you know, some type of dribble drive aspects while still being able to get to some of the good off ball cutting and screening actions that we've always tried to do. Like coach Miller was a motion offense, uh, you know, type of guy. And, you know, we've tried to do that, play through the guy, big at the low post, play through our big at the high post, pay, play through our big at the top of the key in a five out situation. Can we kind of fuse all that? That's my, that's, kind of been my biggest project and you know, I think with our personnel what we'll have next year if we can we can fuse like a dribble drive with some spread pick and roll and you know playing through our our bigs uh, at different areas of the floor maybe we'll have a chance because our offense needs to get a lot better all right well listen I'll let you get back in the gym I know how happy you are I do want at some point if you have a moment to do a pod on on some of the those European coaches and on some of the different aspects that it might be a little technical to do or in an audio conversation, but I don't know. I I dig it, and I, I think if I dig it and you do, then there'll be enough. This pod is designed for people who give a shit about hoop, right? And that's the whole idea about it. It's all ball, right? Oh, it's all ball. All ball, yeah. all the all I ball. Talk, all the time. I, could talk, I could talk ball any any time of day, so you just let me know. I'm going to tell you this before you go. I got a – so I my, my son's 11. He plays 11U, 12U, occasionally plays 13U. I got a 13U team, and – I sent out a text to the parents and I said, I got, I finally have a, a good team. And I said, look, I don't think we'll win one of those elite level. We're playing a big tournament this weekend, a big one next weekend, like the gold level stuff. Might not win a tournament. I was like, but what I want your kids to experience on the micro is what in the macro you'll experience in college ball, which is being a part of the team, being better as one than you are individually, right? sharing the ball, sharing the success, even sharing the losses together like that. Those kind of things are what what this deal is about, you know, and we make it about, I think, so many times the wrong things. To me, that's the that's the, the right things. And uh, I love how I've, I have seen your teams play and I I like how your teams play. And I, I agree, like evolving offensively, like we expect players to evolve. Coaches got to evolve, too. You can't just keep doing the same shit over and over again and expecting a different result. No doubt. No doubt. Doug, thanks so much. Great to be with you. Get back in the gym. Thanks, man. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. That was awesome. That was really interesting stuff. Uh, We'll have to have Coach Martin back on. We'll talk some X's and O's and some coaching, a little more detailed things. But I thought that was just a fascinating talk. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember... My show, the Doug Gottlieb Show, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, foxsportsradio.com. You can also download the, the pod if you want. In the meantime, if you have college basketball, NBA questions, feel free. Tweet at me, at Gottlieb Show. There's a guest you want on. Same thing. Same thing. Uh, we got 
We're backed up on people. You're going to love some of our upcoming episodes. Remember to subscribe, download, and uh, review, and, and write one of those comments, hopefully a good one. There's a chance I get a little bit more money if it's a good comment. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks to Coach Martin. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for Fox Sports Radio's Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you're entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any Graduate Hotels location. It's sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay.